Hello, everybody. Welcome to your very favorite Bronze Age comic book podcast, Flea Market Fantasy. I am your co-host, Mike Allen. As always, I'm joined by... Michael Dell of the LCS Hockey Radio Show. That is right. And uh, this week <laughs> is my pick. I've never gotten it wrong yet. Never. 84, 84 weeks. Yeah, it's amazing. Never gotten it wrong. So this week's my pick. We are going to be reviewing another uh, classic Silver Age uh, DC superhero in the form of Hawkman from Shadow War of Hawkman number one. Shat the Shadow War of Hawkman number right. one. Yeah. All right. Go ahead and pull <laughs> your notes. Okay. <laughs> okay. All right, Hawkman. I, I like the old the old characters, and he was an old character from the Silver yes. Age. But this one we're reading today, different character, kind of. Yes, they rebooted him in, what, 59, 60, I think, 61? When I was doing my research, Michael, uh, I read that Hawkman is considered one of the most confusing backstories in the history of DC Comics, and that's saying something. Because I guess yeah, they just he's... keep changing it. Even since post-crisis, he... like, even since the crisis, they've changed it again. So, yes, he, he's number one. He's absolutely number one. Yeah. So, all right. So we'll do our best to try and give people an idea of who Hawkman is. Uh, this was okay. a four-issue limited series that came out in 1985. And then it uh, ran into 86, I guess. Or, or they had a Hawkman. There's a four-issue limited series, and then they came back in 86 and did a uh, an epilogue, the Hawkman special, special right. number one. Right. And then it was so hugely successful... That it got its own series, Hawkman Volume Two, that started in '86 and that ran for 17 issues. Woo! So, there you go. Yep. 17 issues. <laughs> All right, so let's talk about Hawkman. All right, so the first Hawkman, Michael, the original Hawkman, was a fella named uh, Carter Hall, yep. and he was an archaeologist. And he made his first appearance in Flash Comics number one in 1940. Mm-hmm. And he was, he was created by Gardner Fox and Dennis Neville. And uh, he was the reincarnation of an ancient Egyptian prince named Khufu. That's right. Khufu. <laughs> now, why did he wear wings? Like, if he was an Egyptian, like, was there some connection? Like, Khufu was a... Like a bird symbol or something? or Well, I don't know for sure, but aren't there Egyptian gods that are a mixture of, you know... Yeah, that's what I was men? wondering. But, uh... Yeah. Well, he was a prince, so like a human prince. Um, yes. But, you know, they take symbols or what I don't know. But anyway, so he, he started wearing <laughs> wings, and he also discovered something called Ninth Metal, which was later shortened right. to just N-T-H. Nth. <laughs> nth. nth. I think it's Nth, right? Yeah, I know. So, uh, <laughs> okay. and it had anti-gravity properties. So be, he wore like a belt of that metal and it made him fly. And then he used the wings to like steer himself around. Mm-hmm. And he was Hawkman. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, he was one of the founding members of the Justice Society of America. And I'm a big fan of the Justice Society of America. Ooh, me too. I like them. So uh, I'm cool with that. He served as their chairman, Michael. That's right. He was the guy. He was the one in charge. Mm-hmm. Hawkman. Would you put the guy in wings in charge of the, the whole show? I probably would No, but I would put the guy with uh, bare chest in charge, for sure. 
Well, that's a little more than I need to know about you, Michael. <laughs> but all right, fair <laughs> enough. Um, what else about Justice Society? He was the only member to appear in all GSA stories during the Golden Era. How about that? That is correct. Yep, that is correct. And uh, his last appearance during this run was All-Star Comics 57 in 1951. Because that's when all the superheroes went out of fashion. They all kind of got pushed right. to the side. Right. It, then, then what came in, the westerns and the horror comics? Yeah, and, uh, yeah, and ho western horror romance. Yeah. And then who brought them back? DC and The Flash, right? That's right. All right. Always DC leading the way, Mike Dell. <laughs> but so that's the uh, Silver Age Hawkman. Now, oh, he also that that Silver Age Hawkman also used like a mace uh, as a weapon, right? Because he used all right. these antique weapons from the museum that he worked at. That was his gimmick. Right. So, and uh, also at that same time, we also had uh, the first Hot Girl. Yes. And her name was Shiera Sanders. Mm -hmm. And she also made her first appearance in Flash Comics 1, 1940. Because I guess this, this Carter Hall fella, he had a dream that he was an Egyptian prince or whatever. And then he realized, oh, I'm the reincarnated spirit of him. But in that dream, he met a, an Egyptian princess named Shiera. And then the next day, he met Shiera Sanders. And it was the same woman from his dreams. So um, immediately, they started dating. So that's a, that's a meet cute, they call it in the, in the film oh, industry. Really? Uh, oh, I think I've heard this term. <laughs> yeah. But uh, anyway, so she became Hawk Girl in All-Star Comics number 5, 1941. That was the first time she put on her own little costume. Cool. And it's like this, And it's like the same as his, except she's not bare-chested, which right. I think is a that's a missed opportunity. I yeah, think. you're right. So that was the Silver Age Hawk Girl. And now, like you mentioned, the superheroes went well, out of fashion. That was the golden age. That was the golden age. Oh right? yeah, yeah, golden age, golden age. I'm sorry. Right. I'm 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 mixing up my ages. So then the superheroes went out of fashion, but then the the Hawkman they came back in uh, what was it the 60s, 61 ish or so? Uh, I think like 60, 61. Yeah. Yeah, I think I would have wrote this down. Oh yeah, they uh, the Brave and the Bold issue 34, 1961. There you go. And so he got kind of a little, Hawkman kind of got a little reboot. And uh, Gardner Fox was still uh, the creator as a writing standpoint. And the artist that was Joe Kubert. Joe Kubert. And so, so now, instead of Carter Hall, the archaeologist, Hawkman is Qatar Hall, H-O-L. And he's a space monkey. He's an alien. Hey, uh, you know, it's funny. I always called him Cater, but I guess Qatar is more cool sounding. Oh. I have no idea. Like, okay. cater, guitar, guitar, however you want to say it. Huh. Yeah. It's lame either way. So no he, way! <laughs> awesome. So, so now he's not an, a human archaeologist, reincarnated spirit of an Egyptian prince. Now he's a law enforcement officer from the planet, what, Thangar? Is that what it is? Thanagar. Thanagar. Thanagar, yeah. Thanagar. Around, that, which orbits the star Polaris. Mm-hmm. And he was respected as, like, one of the leading law enforcement guys on this planet. And apparently this planet was, like, uh, mostly peaceful. Like, crime wasn't mm -hmm. a huge problem in, in the world. But he was the most respected law enforcement agent they had. And then, uh, so what do they do? They assign a teenage girl to be a sidekick, his partner, <laughs> in training. And her name is, what was her name back then? Oh, she, I wrote it down. Sheera Hull? 
Well, that was when she got married. Uh, Thal, I believe. T-H-A-L. Oh, sheer Thal. Thal, right, yeah. right, right. Yeah. So uh, he, he started training her, and he was upset. He's like, I don't want to be bringing around this young girl with me. But then he's like, oh, wait a minute. She's kind of foxy. And he became smitten with her. And uh, soon he proposed to her, and they got married. Ah. Nice. Oh, sweet. So they still served as law enforcement agents as they were married. Uh, but then a, uh, a criminal. Oh, Michael, do you know who the, their first case was they were trying to stop? These evil, terrible uh, criminals on this planet. Do you know what their names were? You mean the Manhawks? No, I, I read that the uh, Rainbow Robbers. The Rainbow Robbers. Oh, okay. <laughs> so, <laughs> the Rainbow Robbers. All right. Yes. I've got that Just wrong. so intimidating. So intimidating. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, DC Comics. I what love do? it. Do you know about the Manhawks, though? No, I do not. Oh, you think that it's cool for a man to dress up as a hawk? How about a hawk that dresses up as a man? <laughs> okay, Manhawks are these gigantic hawks that have human faces, like, draped over their hawk beaks. Isn't that crazy? Uh, I mean, like, <laughs> they put on some khakis and nice pullover. No, no, um, not quite. I, Right, so the Manhawks. I'll have to look yeah. into them. Uh, so uh, Katar Hall and uh, what's her name? Shiera or Shiera. Yeah, it should spell different here. It's, it's uh, the, mm. the original Golden Age was Shiera, S-H-I-E-R-A. This uh, Silver Age is Shiera, S-H-A-Y-E-R-A. Because I know everyone at home is scoring along with us, so they want to <laughs> take careful notes. But so they, they got sent to Earth to... to uh, capture an escaped convict or an escaped prisoner or just a criminal or something and you wouldn't have to know his name would you Bith <laughs> that's amazing yeah you're halfway there yep. alright there's a there's an end to it though Bith oh wait oh wait 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 no I can't remember Bith Rock R-O-K oh right 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 uh, well his first name's Bith that's what he goes yeah. by <laughs> yes his friends call him <laughs> Bith Bith right. Rock so they come to Earth to capture Bith Rock, and they, uh, I think that's when they meet a, a police commissioner fella, because um, they go to the city, Midway City. Yeah. Midway City. So what are the big cities in D.C.? You got Gotham, Metropolis, Midway, uh, Cent- Coastal Central? City. Oh, Coastal. Yeah, Central, coastal. C- Central City is Flash, Coastal City is Green Lantern. Uh, okay. I'm trying to think of what else. Midway City, you said, is Hawkman, right? Yes. And then I think the Atom is Ivy Town. <laughs> Ivy Town. <laughs> yeah. And then I don't think Wonder Woman ever had one. And I don't uh, think Green Arrow had one either, but I could be wrong about that. <laughs> I like Ivy Town the best. Yeah. Um, so I think they meet a police, police commissioner fellow named George Emmett. Is that his name? Yeah. I think so. I think so, yeah. He's in this one, yeah. And, uh, well, he's mentioned in this one. I don't know if he's okay. actually in it. But uh, anyway, um, they become chums with him. So after they take Bith Rock back to their home planet of Thanagar, they return to Earth because they want to research their uh, crime-fighting uh, you know, strategies and schemes. They want to learn all about how to fight crime on Earth. I don't know. So uh, this uh, George Emmett fella sets them up with the aliases. So now Katar Hole is known as Carter Hall. Right. And 
Shayera or whatever is now known as Shayera Hall <laughs> instead of right. Oh, no one ever put that together, right? <laughs> no. And it, and they get jobs at uh, what the fuck's the McDonald's. name of the city? <laughs> no, the Midway Center Museum, Midway City right. Museum. Right. Yeah. So that's how they still use the old weapons and stuff. They're still using those cool. antique weapons. So uh, that's their aliases as uh, an Earth. Uh, nice, to, nice that they have jobs. They're not just freeloading immigrants from outer space. Right. <laughs> so that's good. Uh, what else do we need to know about the Hawk Man and Hawk Lady? Oh, well, Hawk Lady or Hawk Girl, <laughs> she changed her name to Hawk, Hawk Woman, Woman in 1981. Right. Oh, okay. It was uh, somewhere in there. Because she said she she didn't like uh, what they were uh, the oh. connotation of girl in American society. I think it was society. an issue of Justice League. I think I just read that. Oh wow, Michael! You sent me a picture of the manhawks. Yeah, that is frightening. I know. I told you. Yeah, just a hawk with a face on it. <laughs> um, yeah. So she changed her name to Hawk Woman, and mm-hmm. then oh, there's something else about her. You know, she wasn't allowed to be in the Justice League of America at first. Right, because she had duplicate powers of yeah, Hawkman. That is of so Hawkman. dumb. Isn't that ridiculous? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, they apparently had a rule that you couldn't have the same people with two. If you had the same powers as someone else, you couldn't be in. Which is but they you, just didn't want a girl in, right? It's like a dudes only. They're like, oh, yeah. no, but but you know what's funny is uh, the the Legion of Superheroes had the same rule, and if you think this about it, stupid. it makes no sense at all. I know it's dumb. All right, we have, we have thirty Supermen here, but nope, sorry, we can only take one of you. <laughs> we can only take right. one of you. We already uh, got a guy with nth metal. Come on, good lord. All right, so I think those are all the uh, interesting tidbits I have about Hawkwoman and. Well, I should also point out she was in the Justice League cartoon of the 2000s. Yeah, I remember seeing her was, in there. Yeah, which was awesome. So yeah, she, she was always depicted as like a badass. Like he's always right. willing to fight. Yeah. And there was actually a really cool plot twist where you find out in season, I think it was the end of season one, that she was actually a spy for Thanagar. Oh. Yeah, yeah she like, and she basically, and she like turned on the Justice League and help the Thanagarians like capture them all but then she had a change of heart and helped oh. you know the Justice League yeah it was really cool it was really good did they ever explain in those cartoons what happened to Hawk Guy Hawk no Man? you know what's funny is at that point Hawkman's continuity was so effed up yeah <laughs> they, they, they didn't want to use Hawkman so they they created another Hawkman with like a completely different name but it was not Carter Hall or Cater Hall or Qatar Hall or anybody it was a different guy so. Yeah, so so I guess after uh, Hawkman came back there in his sixties and he was around for a while, and <clears throat> I, I guess they were in the Justice League of America and doing stuff. But then the Justice League moved to Detroit. Is that what happened? Yes, Justice League <laughs> Detroit. You got that right. Right across, so, twenty five feet away from where I live. Yeah. So Hawkman didn't want to relocate. So I guess he wasn't in the book anymore. He's like, yeah, right. I hate the Red Wings. I'm not going there. <laughs> so. Uh, he wasn't in the books th- too often. Uh, he wasn't making appearances. So that's when this miniseries came into into play. Because uh, do you know whose idea this was to bring the Shadow War of Hawkman? I'm gonna assume it was Tony Isabella. Yeah, Tony Isabella plotted it all. But the idea to bring it back, to bring Hawkman back as a character, was Dick Giordano. Dick Giordano. Oh really? Yeah, he, he said it was time. Okay. So I guess a bunch of writers pitched ideas to how to bring Hawkman back, and Tony Isabella's mm-hmm. idea won. Nice. And basically, Isabella, yeah, he's the writer here. He wrote all four issues. The artist is Richard Howe, and he drew all four issues. We'll talk about them right. later. 
But uh, I guess Isabella's pitch was uh, he would make these long-lasting changes to Hawkman, and uh, it'd, it'd be more like a mystery suspense kind of a story. And cool. kind of harkening back to the old Golden Age, Hawkman or Silver, I don't know. Who knows anymore? Nice. Um, so, yeah, that's how he became the, uh, the writer here. And what else about this? I don't know. That's about it. <laughs> Hawkman. It's a dude you know when in you're, wings. You know when um, you're arguing with people? Well, I, I know you don't argue with people on Facebook, nah, but I do all the try time. Not to. <laughs> Someone accidentally, like... You know when you attack someone and then you like respond directly to them? Well, they did that. Someone did that to me and basically quoted me and like called me an asshole and all this stuff. It was Richard <laughs> Howell. <laughs> but but to be fair, he was he he attacked me, but he wasn't quoting me. So, I think he mistook me for someone else. <laughs> That's pretty awesome though. I have I yeah, have all new I, respect I, for Richard Howell now. He called you an asshole. Oh, I'm like, all right. <laughs> I'm honored. I felt honored. Let me tell you. Like, what? Do you remember the bone of contention? Was it just someone making uh, fun of Hawkman? I don't remember. It was some comic book argument. I don't know what it was, though, to be honest. <laughs> <laughs> all right. But whatever you do, don't let Richard Howe hear this episode because he'll be calling no, me an asshole at some point. That's right. <laughs> all right. So, uh, yeah, so the series, like we said, in 85, and uh, I don't know. This was, pre this, when was post-crisis? So, Crisis Eight. was 86, so this was during Crisis, basically, this okay. run. Oh, so by the it way. it's confusing, yeah. Another thing I read was Hawkman was almost the, the hero that died in Crisis. Because they killed off really? Supergirl, and then Flash, right? Wasn't Flash the other right. day? So I guess yes, instead Flash. of Flash, it was going to be Hawkman, and then they said, nope. I guess the editor oh, said, yeah. nope, nope, going to be Hawkman. Can't kill so, Hawkman. Yeah, he's too valuable. <laughs> too valuable. <laughs> so, all right, I guess let's look at this issue. Sure. Let's talk about, well, we got to talk about the characters, right? we got to talk about the costumes, right? Oh, right, well, yeah, we look at the cover. They're, they're prominently right. displayed, so you can break it down. So we me. got, yeah, so we got, uh, this is classic DC Bullet four-part mini-series, not limited series. Uh, oh, Is okay. Isabella Howell and Alcala, Al uh, Shadow of Hawkman, 75 cents, 95 cents in Canada. Yeah, fuck you, and Canada. We got the, yep, and then first shattering issue, and we've got yeah. this awesome shot of Hawkman and Hawkwoman. Flying over whatever Midway City, whatever this is, and it's awesome. Yeah, they're up in the air. Uh, Hawkman's dead center, up and down vertical. Um, Hawk Woman is like beneath him and uh, right. tilted sideways. And Hawk Woman right. looks great here. I, I think she looks great. Uh, Hawk Man, uh, hey, hey, Dick Howe, you might want to take another swing at that left leg. That's all I'm saying. But uh, uh, it is too okay. stubby. Too stubby. Too stubby. Uh, maybe. Yeah. Yeah, it's uh, another swing. So, but it's a good cover. Like, <laughs> it looks, yeah. Like if I if I looked at the cover, I'd be like, oh, well, this looks pretty cool. Um, it's really good composition. Like they're the way that they're positioned. They they, you know, like they don't overlap each other in the wrong way. That it's like a nice design. You know. Yeah, like the, like the horizon line is also slanted um, in tilted, the bottom corner. Right. Yep. So that's huge. And like, um, yeah, like you notice her wings are kind of like behind him in a certain way and her legs yep. cross behind his legs so it's kind of cool yeah it's really cool if only he had an adult male left leg it would be a tremendous <laughs> <thing>. but 
<laughs> oh, Mike, so, look, yeah. at the, look at the corner of the box down in the bottom left. Uh, DC, where legends live. Right. One, yeah. of the, one of the many uh, <laughs> taglines that they were trying out at this time. DC, where legends live. Do you, uh, now, now do I you guess the, the premise one? of this whole series, The Shadow War of Hawkman, is that their home planet, uh, what is it, Thanagar, uh, we mentioned yes. it used to be kind of like peaceful and stuff. Well, when once Hawkman and Hawk Lady left there, uh, they, uh, the the planet became more warlike and, and started conquering yes. other planets. So now the Thanagar people are coming to Earth to take over Earth, and Hawkman is the only one who knows it. He's fighting the right. shadow war against his former planet. Yeah. Right. So that's the idea. Very cool. Uh, did did you describe their costumes? Not yet, not yet, nope. But I will hey. right now. So we've got okay, okay. So we've got a <laughs> hawk sort of face, like over top of a human face. That's his mask. With like, you know, eye holes and like a beak. But then this is where it gets kinda weird. And I know that people accept this because it's, you know, it's classic, but besides the hawk, you know, face he has hawk wings attached to that face. And if you yeah. really think about it, it's kind of weird. But again, people are just used to it. So they're okay with it. I think yeah, it's kind of it, weird. It looks good. But yeah, when you really think about it, why would he have wings on his face as well as wings right. on his back? It is weird. I, I right. agree with that. Now, for a while there, didn't um, didn't Kubert like redo it so it was just like a normal cow without the wings? Right, exactly. And then there was also a time where... He just had like a regular superhero cowl with like no, there was no beak, there was no feathers. It was just a yellow cowl pulled over his face. Yeah. So there's many different versions. Yeah. So I, anyway. Even though it's weird, I think I kind of like the wings on the head. It's a distinctive yeah. look. You know? Yeah. It's, it's definitely d distinctive. I'll give you that. It's classic. Yeah. Um, anyway. And uh, okay. So then, so he has these gigantic gray wings. I'm going to leave the oh, best Oh, Mike, yeah, real quick. Real what? quick about the the mask and stuff, because for a while, like I think in the Silver Age, they were drawing them a little differently, or even like an ad for this miniseries I saw, they had the cow, the head uh, dress different. Like it would sit on his head, and like the eyes of the hawk weren't his eyes; yes. they were eyes. And then like his eyes, he would like somehow stare beneath the beak. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah, like, I've th seen that too. Yeah, that is not so good. I don't like that. I don't. That was totally bizarre. Yep. Yeah. I think John Byrne drew him that way as well when Hawkman appeared in Action Comics. It was kind of weird. Yeah, that was just strange. Like the visibility yeah. there would be non-existent. I don't know how he could do right, it. Right, right. <laughs> but anyway, all right, yeah, so get back to the rest of it. So yeah, so then uh, again, starting at the bottom, we've got red boots with ye like a yellow kind of like a T-stripe you know, at the front of the boots. Yeah, like a, but at the, the toes... Like imagine a, a, a yellow vertical line up the the shin to the toes, and then at the bottom towards the toes, there's a, a horizontal yellow stripe as well. So almost like an upside down cross on the right, bit. right. Yeah. And then we've got matching like underwear, <laughs> but but then here's the okay. Here's the thing: Hawkman has a cool costume, but there's a huge problem with the color scheme because he's got an orange and yellow mask yellow uh x stripes on his chest 
yellow and red boots, yellow and red underwear, but then green pants. It just looks really <laughs> ugly and it doesn't match the rest of his costume. So I really wish his pants were like orange, you know, just to make it kind of give it a pattern, but whatever. Uh, but here's the thing though, is I haven't even reached the best part of his costume. He's got a big X on his chest with a little like Thundercat symbol or Hawkman symbol. Yeah, but, yeah like, but like it's a harness. A it's like yeah, a harness. It's a harness. Like the wings connect to the wings. back of it. Yeah. But here's the here's the thing though. He has no shirt on. He's bare chested. Yeah, that's right. It is pretty ridiculous, you know. Like, <laughs> and the thing about uh, you know, the four big DC superheroes that were revamped in the '60s or '50s is that Flash, Green Lantern, and Adam were all given completely different costumes, right? Hawkman is the only one that basically kept his exactly the same. I think that was a mistake. Hmm. Yeah. I think about these things at night, okay? Yeah. Keep me up. <laughs> and we should mention his uh, wings are gray. And yes, they're gray. They're made of like the same nth metal, I guess. And um, yeah, isn't it N? I think it's N. Whatever. <laughs> Whatever you want to say. Uh, but, Mike, you know, last week on the LCS Hockey Radio Show, we uh, we discussed the movie Barbarella from 1968. Which I've and, never seen. Yeah, Jane Fonda. It's tremendous. Uh, but in that film, there's a winged angel fella. And when they did the production for the movie, they originally were going to make his wings pure white. And the, the production designer guy said, no, 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 make them gray because he wanted them to look more like Hawkman. Really? Yep. How about that? What, you know what's funny is I can't even believe that you didn't come across this in your research, but did you know that Hawkman's costume was completely ripped off of a character in Flash Gordon? <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah, I was going to say, Barbarella, the same people kind of did Flash Gordon, and so uh, a lot of the same special effects were used in Spain costumes. So, yeah, they oh, had a winged okay. guy, so then they used winged guys. And, um, right. Yeah, so it's so pretty anyway, nice. Yeah. Uh, but Hawk Lady here, her costume, bare-chested as well, spectacular. No, no, no. She wears, like, a, a yellow, like, uh, halter top kind of thing. Right, But right, other, right. otherwise, the costume's exactly the same. And, and she also has two big, clunky earrings. <laughs> that's true, that's true. Seems... And, and, and her seems mask odd. is totally different. It's more stylized, yeah. It's kind of, I guess, more feminine, you would say. Well, it's, it's actually kind of almost like Wolverine's, but completely exaggerated Wolverine mask. But, 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 but in a way, wings. yeah. 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 Yeah, but she doesn't have like the, the really defined wings sticking off the side of her head. It's right. more like her, uh, eh, whatever. Who cares? <laughs> <laughs> no, it's like, let's, hey, let's give Hawkman and Hawk Woman some respect here. It's like, it's kind of like Wolverine, but the top is orange and the bottom is black, but then. The, the little pointy parts on her face are still yellow, so, yeah. And, and like, go. the uh, extensions of the uh, eyes or whatever, they they really get elongated, like, much longer than Wolverine's, I would say, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, um... There you go. First shattering issue. And it's Richard Howell and Dick Giordano. Uh, yeah, they, they did the, the cover there. I That's love right. me some Dick Giordano yeah. as an anchor. So, all right, Michael, let's get into this amazing story. Yes, Tony Isabella narrating. Okay, so we got uh, some uh, an opening scene. Oh, this is great! Like a stormy night in the city, all this rain and lightning, 
and this guy is coming home, walking through this alley, and we got this narration. The first battle and the invasion of Earth will be fought in the shadows. And then we see Mousy Mason is a cat burglar. Despite a certain aptitude for that line of work, his career has been spectacularly unsuccessful. And then it goes from there that, you know, this guy is coming home to his apartment. And then when he gets into his apartment, hey. he's... Hey, but Michael, let me point out one thing from that first page. The final sure. panel on the first, or is it the final, or the, the final panel in the middle row of four, yes, you see those yes. eyes and the shadows yes, the underneath eyes. the staircase. Well, th that same like gimmick was used in the advertisement for the series that ran in Comic Buyer's Guide. Like it's Hawkman oh, really? standing in the foreground and then the background's just all shaded with just eyes exactly like that everywhere. So, oh, it's the Shadow War, right? Yep, Shadow War. So, so those Very eyes cool. under the steps, they represent the Thanagar people that we see in a minute. But... Very cool. So yeah, this guy goes home and he's like, Wolfie! And it turns out Wolfie is the name of his cat. So he's chatting yeah. up with his cat. And this is where we can get some exposition, right? Like we always talk about. Yeah, we about. get lots of exposition. Yep. Yeah. He basically explains that, uh, he's like, Don't you know <laughs> I could be arrested for possession of criminal tools, you furry little goniff? I don't even know what a gold yeah. is. I, I don't know what that means either. He's like, that's how Commissioner Emmett's boys got me the last time. So there's the mention of Commissioner Emmett. And uh, and then basically, these guys just show up. I actually thought they kind of looked like Madrox or Madrox, the multiple man yes. for a second. Yes, that's exactly yeah. what I thought as well. Yep. Yeah. But they just show up mm -hmm. in his kitchen. He's like, what in the... He's like, gah! And the cat's like, hiss. <laughs> so basically, these guys threaten him and basically say, okay, we need your services. We know you're a thief, so you got to help us out. But, all right. And this is where the story uh, loses all logic. and <laughs> Because this this fellow... Page two. We, yeah. we, we spend the first page and a half narrating of how this guy's a terrible cat burglar. He's, he's, he's a complete failure as a cat burglar. He has no money. Uh -huh. He's broken. He, he can't do anything. Yet these people from another planet... Obviously, who have amazing technology and skills, they find this guy and ask him to steal something for them. That's right. <laughs> it makes no sense. <laughs> I think it does. <laughs> like, like I get if like he's some renowned cat burglar, but we just spend uh -huh. two pages hearing how he's terrible at what he does, <laughs> and he's a failure. Oh, let's get that guy. Let's get that guy yeah, to help us. He won't draw attention to himself. You see, that's the key. Yeah, and he won't succeed in what they're trying to do either. Yeah. Uh, but uh, these guys are from Thanagar, and they want to get right. uh, Hawkman and Hawk Lady's uh, anti-gravity belts. Right. Um, so, and that's what they use to fly. So, they, somehow these guys know what their uh, secret identities are, and they know that they live with George Emmett, the police commissioner. They live at his old house, or I don't know if he's still there. Or I don't know what's going on. Right. But uh, so they know all that, yet they can't find these anti-gravity belts. They need this mousy Monroe or whatever the hell his name is to do it for them. <laughs> yeah. Makes no sense. And then, and then they scare him by disintegrating his like couch and table. Yes. <laughs> yes. His yeah. furniture. Yeah. Right. And, and like, then it says the. What's that? Well, the implication is we'll do the same to you. You know. Right. You right. And then it's like, then the narration's like, the castle has been breached. Its master reduced to the merest of pawns and a malignant game. The invasion has begun. That's <laughs> so stupid. Awesome. I don't, I'm sorry. It's just dumb. Like, why and would they, you, it makes no sense. But all right, go ahead. 
<laughs> then the next page, we got a splash page of Hawkman and Hawkwoman fighting some bad guys. Yeah, and they're coming down out of the sky, a night sky with the moon behind them. But how do you feel about a hawk girl there having her, uh, or hawk woman having her head down, and you don't even see her face? It's just the top of her it's head. A, it's strange. It's a little bit awkward. Yeah, it's a little bit yeah. awkward. Let's just see her face a little bit, you know? Yeah. Not that hard. Yeah. And uh, mm. so, yeah, they've just basically, this woman has just been mugged, and she's like, that's, <laughs> wait, so, so the hawk, hawkman and hawkwoman are coming down, attacking these goons, and there's like, one, two, three, four, five of them, and the yeah. guy, and one of the guys is like, "We've been spotted!" and they're shooting guns at them, and then yeah. in the background you see the woman that they just mugged, and she's like, "That's just for openers, punk! Get him, Hawks!" Yeah. And then one of the other, one of the other guys is like, "Cripes! The old lady was a decoy. Waste her too!" And so basically they don't waste her. The Hawkman, the Hawkman, Hawkwoman beat them all up, take away their guns, and. That's pretty much it. They throw them into one guy into a trash can. They tie them up. It's kind of just a you know day on the job for Hawkman and Hawkwoman, right? Yeah. Which is awesome. And then way to go, people! And then sure enough, it's uh, Captain Fraser. Yeah. And he kind of just you know congratulates them and thanks. But, but them. Captain Fraser is pretty awesome. He's a uh, African American fella, and he's wearing a yellow turtleneck and a uh, like a brown. <laughs> I don't know if it's a leather jacket or just nah, just a brown suit coat, but a yellow turtleneck. That's what you want your captain to be wearing when you're serving on the That's law right. enforcement. Yeah. Yep, this is great. Commissioner Emmett told me that you two would be a big help to me. He wasn't lying. We're happy to be of service, Captain. Call on us anytime. This is great stuff. I love it. <laughs> <sighs> so then they fly away, and then it's page eight. So by page nine... We are back into exposition. Yeah, this a is gigantic, pretty unforgivable. Yeah. A gigantic exposition dump. Now, where... now, we've talked about this before with other, especially in limited series, you have to give readers the history of the characters in case they're new and you want you know. But there's a way to do exposition and there's a way not to do it. And this is how you don't do it. Because <laughs> the two Wait. characters are just talking to each other about things they already right. know. You, you want to make sure you have a third character there who's learning this with the readers. Um, it, it's like it, it's like if me and Mike L were uh, talking, I go, hey, Mike L, remember when we came to Earth and we started that podcast, Flea Market Fantasy, <laughs> and we did 84 <laughs> episodes of it? And I'd say half oh, the episodes episode, were good. Yeah. And then the other half, not so good. <laughs> and then, uh, but you know, that's not how you would talk. <laughs> so we just get Hawkman talking to Hawkwoman for a couple pages about right. their history and everything. It's just terrible, but yeah. Say, how many years have I known you now, Mike Dell? <laughs> you know, that's bad exposition. Anyway. Yeah. So to summarize what's happening, Hawkman explains to his wife, who already knows this, about Thanagar. <laughs> he married her. Remember yeah, when he yeah, married about, you, wife? Yeah. <laughs> Uh, about the city, and then, um, and then his father, Perrin Cater, and, uh, and then let's see here. Oh, yeah. So then, um, Hawkman was a young man when the most decorated, oh, he was the most decorated officer yeah. on the Thanagar police force. And then Hawkwoman was sent as a rookie policewoman to assist him on a case. And then soon after, he asked her to marry him. And we see this all, this is all done in pictures too, so it's kind of nice. It's actually, we'll talk about the art later, but it's great. Uh, hey. Then we see a, eh. <laughs> then we see them flying in a rocket to Earth. And then he's like, remember when we first used the absorb Absorbiscon to learn all earthly knowledge? As we read, quote, read the electronic impulses we picked up from human minds, we were amazed at how odd their languages and customs were. This is pretty awesome stuff. 
<laughs> and so, as we said earlier, they chased down Bith. Just Bith, one word. You know, oh, like they don't Hammer, say Bith Rock? Or, or Madonna. Bith? Nope, just Bith. Huh. Uh, and, then any, and then they also talk about how they met uh, Commissioner Emmett. They got their jobs at the Midway City Museum. Uh, they fight this big monster. Or is that Biff? No, I think it's just a monster. Yeah. Anyway. So now this is actually stuff. something I didn't know. Uh, we find it on the next page. This is really yeah, this weird. Yeah, this is ripped right from the headlines from 2021. Yeah. <laughs> Go ahead and read it, Michael. It's because we were... It's because we were on Earth that we escaped the equalizing plague, which left every man, woman, and child of Thanagar exactly equal in intelligence and ability, halting progress and leaving our people a race of nigh-identical drones. When the alien dictator yep. Hyathus offered a cure for that cursed disease, the Thanagarians were eager to give her absolute rule. Huh? Yeah, yeah. yeah just, <laughs> just put Bill Gates in for Hyathus, yeah. Would to give her absolute rule over them and even an imperfect return to the life they once had known. She wasted no time preparing our planet for in interstellar warfare. Something That's we right. only narrowly averted with the aid of our friends from the Justice League. I did not know about this story. Very bizarre. Yeah. Anyway. It's pretty so crazy. So then, uh, they, you know, cut back to the present and they're talking about how, you know, you know, why do we do it? You know, um... This is an old argument. You know, I don't see anything wrong in using our advanced science for good. Oh, yeah, because they're, they're debating whether or not to use the Absorbiscon to learn where the gang is, but they have to read people's minds, and that's an invasion of privacy, and they're, they're kind of debating about that. And uh, and then it just cuts over to... Um, this is uh, where they work, right? And yes. This is, oh, this is, their, this, is one, this is their boss, Mavis Trent. Uh, she's not their boss, I don't think. I think she's just another co-worker there. Um, right. From what I read, because she also dates back to '61 in that Brave and the Bold issue 34. Um, so right. this is an old Silver Age character here. Mavis Trent is her name, right. and she's uh, she's got the hots for uh, Carter Hall. She wants to make sweet, sweet right. love to Carter Hall, even though he's a married man. And, and uh, it's funny because this guy is also secretly in love with Mavis Trent, and she's trying, and he's oh. trying to kind of flirt with her. But then, uh, huh? Is he though? I think he's just like taunting her. I don't know if he's in love. Well, I think he's. he's I think he's. Well, I think he's hitting on her. And then basically, he's like, let's see. He's like, um, you know, I just think you might have an easier time if you stop making plays for guys who are already spoken for. I, so I think he's oh, okay. trying to get her, yeah, to stop thinking about Hawkman and start thinking about him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So he's that's like, yeah, point. I guess that's why your husband's divorced. You with smiles on their faces, talk about your indescribable bliss. You louse. And she's like, I don't know why I even bother wasting my breath on a man who wears his mediocrity like an old school tie. And he's like, no real mystery there, lady. I'm always here. And then in his, in his thought bubble, damn, damn, damn. So <laughs> Yeah, so clearly he, he was hoping to to uh, make sweet, sweet love to Mavis Trent. But he, uh, he was a little and too then, aggressive. And <laughs> right, right. And then speaking of that, we cut to a scene where I can only assume that the Hawks were just making sweet, sweet love. Because they're getting dressed, uh, right? Well, I think they're or getting dressed from, uh, you know, taking but, their hawk outfits off. But uh, Oh, there you go. I thought yeah. maybe it was, you know, something else. Okay. Yeah, maybe. So basically, they start joking around about the fact that Mavis Trent likes Hawkman. And she's like, oh, come on, no big deal, blah, blah, blah. They start joking around. Then they start making out, right? Yeah. And I mean, his shirt is already half off, so you might as well, you know. Yeah. And, yeah she's real happy. It. It's, uh, right. She's real happy. I'm just happy, she says. <laughs> and, and then look at this next page. Do you see a, a shot of her with just her bra? 
some yeah. racy stuff here. Yeah, Woo. because there's a uh, siren going off at their house. Someone broke into their house, a secret right. siren. And uh, I guess they have a little hawk statue that vibrates when there's a, someone at the house. I don't know. So she starts to get undressed to get into her hawk lady outfits. And he's like, oh, no, 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 I'll go. My shirt's still half open, so let me just take my pants off now. And, uh, yeah, they just start getting naked. And, yeah, look at that. <laughs> So anyway, so yeah, so Carter Hall, Hawkman, takes off, and uh, he goes to investigate, and then when he gets there, he comes across our buddy, what's his name, um, Mousy. Mousy, yeah. Mousy. So right away, he starts kind of like, you know, not roughing him up, but kind of grabbing him by the shirt, being like, okay, what's going on? I know your deal. I know you're a thief. And he's like, you know, you got to protect me from them. Who? And it turns out that the... Uh, what are these guys called again? They're just Thanagarians? Yeah, just Thanagarians. Yeah, these bad guys are in the house. And so they attack Hawkman, and he's fighting back, and Mousy isn't really doing much of anything. So I guess he was just uh, there to... I guess he was just there to draw them. No, I don't even know why he was there. You're right. He why was there, he there to find their anti-gravity belts. Again, this makes no sense. Um, okay. okay, because that. The, there's so many more of these people. Right, and they all from another planet. They have all this technology. There's at least six of them. You're telling me they can't take that house apart and find the anti-gravity belts, but Mousy, this this failed cat burglar. Oh, this is the guy we need to help us. He'll find them. It makes no <laughs> yeah. sense. So then Hawkman shows up. Now they have to know that Hawkman uses the anti-gravity belt to fly. Correct? They have to know right. that. So why are they not just trying to take the belt off him? Right now. I don't really know. I have no explanation. Because during the fight, like, Hawkman's giving it to him pretty good. Then Mousy tries to get involved. He gets a table leg and, like, smashes one of the dudes over the head with it. But Hawkman's like, Mousy, get out of there. You can't beat these guys up. So Mousy charges at another one of them. And this guy gets a, his laser hand or whatever. And he shoots him with the disintegration beam out of the palm of his hand and just kills Mousy. Just, right. Just yeah, totally and it's a, kills him. it's a cool design because basically it's like... Uh, like a black, you know, cinder black ash pattern, but with the white outline of the person who's been disintegrated, like yeah. the, on the wall. So on against the wall. Like, no, by all that's holy, you treacherous cur, you'll pay for that man's death. By Polaris, how you'll pay? So well, Mike uh, try the real tragedy yeah. here, Mike Gale. Forget about Mousy, he's a creep. <laughs> but the real tragedy here, well, Wolfie. Wolfie. That's true. The Wolfie's cat. gone too? Well, Wolfie's oh, at no. home by himself. His oh, owner's just been incinerated. So Wolfie, now Wolfie right. starves to death, lonely oh. and afraid. That's lonely totally and afraid. Right. Yeah. Thanks, Hawkman. You creep. <laughs> so Hawkman is pissed, so he's trying to fight these guys. And uh, what is this thing here? Uh... They, they uh, throw it on like some sonic thing that emits oh, right. a high oh. screech, because cause all the hawk people they uh their their eyesight and hearing are all super acute and you know and enhanced. Right. So this screeching noise really hurts them, and uh, but here's what I mean: like they have him on the ropes, they have him overpowered. He's on his hands and knees crying. Just now's your chance. Get that anti gravity belt. It's right there. It's right there. But this instead, they just leave. Yeah, he's like, they wanted my anti-gravity belt. He's like, wait, Shiera. So he flies up. He goes back to the museum, and then when he lands, what's-his-name is there. He's like, 
Oh, actually, who is this guy? I don't even know who this is. But anyway. Uh, is Tracy where? is his name. He's Tracy. another guy that works Tracy. in the museum. He, he's the guy that was What's hitting on Major's Trent earlier. If oh, that's right. Around. That's right. Yeah. They, they came out of the freaking walls. Uh, nobody could have stopped them. Where, Tracy? The new exhibit. Hawkman. Wait. Hold on. Hold it, Hawkman. It's me, Frazier. Please don't go in there. I've got two. <gasps> then we see the big cliffhanger. We see the big charred black against the wall and the white outline of Hawkwoman. Who's been disintegrated? Yeah. It's like Shira. The end. Next, fallen angels. <laughs> yeah, it's a good cliffhanger. Uh, now, do you know how? Do you know what? How this turns out? I read it. I don't remember, but obviously she's still alive. Yeah, it turns out that uh, our buddy Mavis Trent okay. dis- found Hawkwoman's Hawkwoman costume at the museum and tried it on. And when those guys showed up, they uh, incinerated Mavis Trent and not Hawkwoman. Oh, so she's been there since the Silver Age, and now she's dead. Yep, this was her last appearance wow. ever. Dead. Wow. Good twist. Yeah. But uh, again, here's where logic, I have, I have problems with this. So okay. <laughs> the, the Thanagarians leave Hawkman, even though they could have taken his anti-gravity belt. And they go, hey, let's go to the museum and look for Hawkwoman and her anti-gravity belt. So they teleport over there. Now, by the time Hawkman, he takes off flying to get back to the museum. By the time he gets there, uh, the Thanagarians have killed Mavis Trent, even though they think she's Hawkwoman, and the police have shown up. By the time Hawkman flies from the house, like, wh- what kind of a commute does Hawkman have to work every day? Well, maybe he's, uh, maybe he's just really slow in the air. We didn't say he was supersonic, <laughs> like, right? I guess, but it just seems like, you know, come on, Hawkman. You're, you're trying to save your love, and then you're like, I don't know, taking two weeks to get there? This, <laughs> this is all terrible. I, I don't know. Oh, I love it. Anyway. Yeah. All right, it's talk. Tony Isabella. <laughs> yeah, Tony Isabella. Uh, now, I love Tony Isabella for one reason, one reason only. He created Black Lightning. So. Yes. I'm a big fan of the Black Lightning. But uh, Tony Isabella was born in 1951 in Cleveland, Ohio. Oh, that's unfortunate. Um, Cleveland, Ohio. <laughs> he had several letters published in Marvel books as a kid, you know, fan letters, and he was very active in the fanzine community. And you know who else got their job in comics from being in fanzines and whatnot? Roy Thomas. That's so right. So Roy the Boy Thomas noticed Tony Isabella in all these fanzine publications, and he gave him a job as an editorial assistant in 1972 when really? uh, Isabella was 21 at the time. So then he started writing for Marvel. He did uh, Captain America, issue 168, 189, 190, and 191. And that was from 73 to 75. He did Ghost Rider, 7 to 9, 11 to 15, and 17 to 19. And that was from 1974 to 75. Uh, Daredevil, 119 to 123 in 1975. Mm -hmm. Uh, Avengers, 145 and 146 in 1976. And then he did Black Goliath, number one, 1976. So he's like, hey, I created Black Goliath, Marvel. Let me just go to DC. We'll go- oh, Black Lightning. Black Lightning. <laughs> There'll be something there. We can do it over there. Uh, so yeah, he created Black Lightning, and he did- wrote issues 1 through 10 from 1977 to 78. Then, right. hey, 1995, he came back and did Bla- Black Lightning, Volume 2, issues 1 through 8. And then in mm-hmm. 2018, he did Black Lightning, Cold Dead Hands, issues 1 through 6. So I guess that was like right. a limited series or something. Um, he did all the issues of this Hawkman series here, and then in Hawkman Volume 2, that started in 86, he did issues 1 through 9, and special number 1. Mm-hmm. 
And perhaps my favorite credit that he has in 1977, he did issue three of Welcome Back, Cotter. So, <laughs> no way, that's, really. That's Tony Isabella. There you go. Huh. He, he didn't really have any long runs on anything at Marvel. He would he would do like a handful of issues, sporadic issues. And, right, uh, I noticed that at, too, yeah. And at DC, his big thing was Black Lightning. Right. Was there anything else he was known for? No, to be honest, like, I mean, because we had him as a, as a guest at our convention and... I was, yeah, I was kind of surprised that he didn't really have any long runs on anything. You're right. Well, well I guess besides so. Hawkman and Black Lightning, but... Uh, yeah, yeah, semi-long, yeah. But, that's um, what he's most famous for, though, yeah. Yeah, I guess nine issues. That's a that's a good run. Nine straight issues. Yeah. That's a good run. Um, what else was I going to say? Oh, he, he uh, during the 80s, he owned a comic book store in Cleveland. Cosmic Comics. Really? So that's pretty I cool. That. Yeah, I think that's what it's called. Cosmic Comics. Uh, anything else about Tony Isabella? Uh, no, he's a really entertaining person. If you ever want to look up uh, interviews with him, he's one of the most entertaining guys to interview. So, Yeah, I like Tony's, but I just don't like uh, this issue, man. Nothing but exposition and illogical plots. <laughs> that's, that's all it was. Yeah. It makes no sense. <laughs> and Wolfie. What about Wolfie? For God's sake, somebody think of Wolfie. Yeah. I'm going to have to read the future issues just to see if anyone takes care of Wolfie. Because <laughs> that's heartbreaking. <sighs> All right. I, so the the art, thing is, though, oh. it, they, I got to say, it's the, it's the Bronze Age style that I love. So even though the plotting is illogical, I still enjoy <laughs> reading it. All right. Fair enough. Um, Richard Howell is the artist here. He was born in 1955. He self-published his first work in comics. It was called Portia Prins of the Glamazons. And that was in 1977 when he was 22. And then in 1986, Eclipse Comics uh, published... I don't know if this was a different version of that same title or if it was the actually the same stuff he did in 77, just reprinted. But yeah, Eclipse uh, had six issues, six issues of Portia Prins and the Glamazons in 1986. So hmm. you might want to look into that. Um, he did uh, All-Star Squadron. He did seven issues of that from 83 to 86, but they're like spread out. Um, he right. did Shadow War of Hawkman 1 through 4. Then he did Hawkman Volume 2 1 through 16. So that's pretty good. And special number one. Mm -hmm. And he might be most famous, Michael, for Vision and Scarlet Witch, the limited series. He did all 12 issues oh, of that. Oh, that's right. That's right. With Steve okay. Englehart in 85 and 86. Yes. He's very, you know, he's got a classic style, you know, I think. Yeah, it's a very Silver age style, I would say. Right. Um, there are some panels that look really nice, uh, but uh, they all kind of just look like steel shots, not really like continuous action or flowy action. Right. Kind, right. kind of like steel photo, steel photo, <laughs> steel <laughs> Like, I, yeah. it's hard to explain. And like, why, like, what do you think brings life to, like, if you look at old classic Marvel stuff from Kirby, everything seemed to flow. It seemed to be alive. It seemed to be like really. Totally. Just, yeah. And then this always seems kind of flat and stiff. And. Yeah, I know what you mean, but I think that's just a certain style of illustration that like. But what I do you think? Like, you know, what do you think makes it that way? Like, is it the, uh, I think it's the posture of the figures. They seem to be very sh upright. And we've always talked a lot about yeah. how Kirby would twist the figure, like the torso and the hips. Right. And, um, yeah. yeah. Like, I think that guys like this, they probably learned illustration through just like, 
you know, people standing, like, they probably learned to draw people standing around, and then they just adapted their style to superheroes, whereas Kirby is the one who figured out, like, how to make, like you said, figures twist around and look like they're popping out of the page, and then everyone imitated that for superheroes, but it, you know, it's just, I don't know, it's just a different style, but I still really like it, though. And he, he would go into like great detail on the faces sometimes and like look make them look realistic, but that can be a double-edged sword because sometimes they look a little too real. I, I don't know. Well, um, I should also point out that a lot of that detail is actually the anchor, Alfredo Alcala. Like, uh, I don't know if we're going to talk about him, but he's yeah, I don't known know anything as, about him. He's one of the most overpowering inkers in, in the industry at this time. And okay. so he could ink anyone and it would make it look like Alfredo... St- Alcala, you know, um, he right. actually, I, I think he inked Todd McFarlane on Batman Year Two, and Todd McFarlane hated it because it didn't look anything like Todd McFarlane, you know. So, yeah, maybe that's another reason why this stuff came off looking like stiff and flat, because it, it could be, because he like he was even doing that thatch work stuff in the background that was right, kind of all right, the rage right. and, um, yeah, but right. I, I just know from uh, when I read the Scarlet Witch and Vision limited series, I wasn't a huge fan of that his work there either. I thought it was kind of ah, like okay. you know. I mean, it's fine. It's it's not like terrible. It's fine, but it's just not dynamic or right, right, know, right. Exciting. So anyway, uh, anything else about uh, any other times where he called you an asshole, or is it just? All the time? <laughs> I don't think he uh, used the word asshole. I think he just uh, okay. implied that I was an asshole, uh, and okay. and basically right. implied that I was stupid. Ah. Uh, well. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> but um. <laughs> Yeah, no, I don't know. I just, I like, I think that you know Richard Howell is fine, but Alfred Alca- Alfredo Alcala, he's the one that elevates this art and like all that texture and detail you talked about. That's what makes me really love it. So I do like this art. I think it's good. Yeah, there were. Uh, I'm trying to think of some particularly nice panels, if there were any. Um, <laughs> I don't well, like, oh, like you know, the close up of uh, what's his name, Commissioner. What's his name? Uh, Captain Fraser. Hey, Captain the, Fraser. Yeah. Yeah, like all that. That turtleneck really came to life. Yeah. Um, and then, like the exposition when they're flashing back to Thanagar and, like, you know, him proposing to Shiera, like the waterfall in the background, like that's a really good page. I don't know. I like this. I thought the, I thought the women looked pretty good. Yeah. Right. Right. Like maybe his chart looked good, and uh, so I don't know. All right. So there it is, Shadow War of Hawkman. Um, yep. w- will you go back and read the rest of it now, Michael? Well, it's funny, cause I already have read it, and now I kind of <laughs> want to read it again. So I'm going to say, yeah, I will reread it. I, like, I do like it. That's what I mean. It's the vibe. It's got the vibe, you know? See, I don't like the vibe. The vibe. Uh, l- let me know oh. what happens to Wolfie. Let me know if he survives. Okay, I'll, le- I'll let you know. All right, I appreciate that. Um, All right. Any, anything else to say about this, or...? Uh, only that, you know, this is, upon my reread of 2005, this is one of the many comics that made me reappreciate Bronze Age DC. Huh. And I, you know, I told, uh, Tony Isabella that when I met her. I thought, you know, the writing here was great, you know, so. I mean, like, like we said, the, it is <laughs> illogical, but it's like watching a good Saturday morning cartoon. That's how I see it. All right. I suppose. <laughs> um... Yeah, I, I don't know. I'll give it a four. I think it's as high as I can go. Um, closer to a three than a five. Let's put it that way. But, uh, I give it a six. 
Right. And like I said, even though there's flaws, I definitely enjoyed it and I'd read it again. So that's, that's I I did not enjoy it. I don't I don't really like the characters either. They just seem so stiff and um like uh stilted. Uh, I don't know coming from other planets. I'll be honest, my guy. I don't really like things uh, centered around aliens. And uh, two exceptions with alien characters, Silver Surfer and Alf. Those are the only two I kind of mm, really like right. about aliens. Um I like aliens. Yeah, it's just just not my thing. It's because you're xenophobic, Mike Dell. That's, why. <laughs> That's right. Well, I love Alf. Yep. I like. I like okay. Well, oh, I like, you got I like me. Thanos. Right. Thanos is cool. Okay. Um, but uh, yeah. So all right, there it is, Shadow War of Hawkman. Let's hopefully never read that again. All right. Yeah. Um. So next week, <laughs> Mike L, we're gonna go with another. You know, I like to be hip with the kids. You know, I like mm-hmm. to see what's trending in the world. Mm-hmm. And uh, I don't know if you heard, but there's this show on uh, Disney Plus called uh, Falcon and the Winter Soldier. Falcon oh, Winter yes. Soldier. Of course. So I figured we'll keep the winged, the winged superhero. Yeah, if you want to guess, you, you can. I mean, Is it the Falcon miniseries? Yep. We're going to go to the Falcon awesome. miniseries. We're going to go with issue number three of the Falcon <laughs> so, miniseries. So I have to read one and two and four anyway. Okay. <laughs> well, you don't have to, but uh, we're going to go with issue three. Uh, I picked issue three. The writer here is Jim Owsley. The artist is Mark Bright. This is a bizarre limited series. We'll talk about it next week, but it seems to be all over the place. Like Really? Because in issue two, he's fighting a Sentinel. Issue three, he's fighting Electro. I don't know what's going on. It's kind of crazy. I've never read um, this, so I'm actually really looking forward to this. This is cool. I- issue one uh, was drawn by Paul Smith, my beloved Paul Smith, who... Uh, Oh, but he didn't do the whole series? No, he just did issue one. Um, That's really weird. And I was going to pick that one, but it was is from you know his early Paul Smith. It wasn't as good as his X Men work, so I'd rather mm. pick something else to highlight his work. But okay. uh, but yeah, so this is Falcon issue three from nineteen eighty four. is a four issue limited series. Awesome, looking forward to it. Do you know a lot about the Falcons' backstory and like in history and yeah. in, in the books? Because Not much, no. Yeah, neither did I, and I started researching. Fascinating stuff. Really? Like, like, do you know, just for instance, here's a teaser for next week. He didn't always have wings. Seems odd. He didn't always really? have wings. I, I did not know that. I did not know a, that. A large chunk of his early career, no wings. <laughs> I know that his original costume was green and orange, right? That's right. Yep. I did not yeah, know, I that know that until I yeah. started reading this. So. All right, well, I'll talk all about it next week. Falcon. Awesome. All right, well, if you want to find more episodes of Flea Market Fantasy, you can find us on iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, under Comic Book Syndicate. You can also follow the Syndicate on Facebook, YouTube, and Twitter, and the Comic Book Syndicate website. Every week we review a different Bronze Age comic. One week I pick, one week Mike Dell picks. So, until next Tuesday, disperse!